Now that Zach's off playing with his new pet, Fett guests on Milk and Cookies with Satrakian, and it gets deep. Don't forget Quinlan, who has definitely had enough of Dutch's bullcrap, as Ephraim is on a quest to get a box. No, not that box. Meanwhile, Palmer's desperate for some of that white gooey goodness after a thorough search of his breakneck boat reveals absolutely nothing. Or does it? Looks like we're getting some more Masters, guys! All more and this tonight on The Strain Season 3, Episode 7 Collaborators. Tune in. You're tuning in to the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin! Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. You're watching the Strain After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. Go ahead and follow AfterBuzz TV on all social media at AfterBuzz TV. It's really hard to remember because it's just A F T E R B U Z Z T V. We are talking about the Strain season three, episode seven, entitled "Collaborators Tonight," which has a very deeper meaning than uh, what would you assume on the surface, and it gets really deep and sad and really, really upsetting. This song's mm-hmm. a little more upbeat for this episode. Really thinking about it now. Um, I'm your host, Stephen Lemieux. You can find me on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux, S-T-P-H-E-N-L-E-M-I-E-O-X. Tweet me throughout the show. Join us in the live chat. Again, we stream 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time Sundays. And you can join us in the live chat. We got, you know, Adam Leffer, Adam Fink, the third turd, anime man, and uh, obsolete mule, all sorts of people. But the show would not be complete with just me in the live chat. I need the best two people to talk about the strain with. My Quinlan and Dutch. <laughs> Stacy Newsom. Hey y'all! You guys can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at the Stacy Newsom. That's N E W S O M without the E. And Michael Young. What's up? Oh yeah, one youngster. Oh, we, we can cut the music. Oh, cut the music. G no. I've lost control of my own ship. Am I gonna come back later and everyone's neck is All broken? All the cargo is gone. All the cargo's gone, guys. We're getting American bandstand up in here. I always paint a big S on the top of my car, so when people see it drive by, they say, "Look at that S cargo." Ooh. Because uh-huh. I have a French last name. Yeah. Got Snails. It. It's yeah. funny. It, Laugh. It's- All right, guys. <laughs> we are talking about uh, this episode, which. Fortunately, not as good as the past few, but not Actually, bad. I, I still think it was good. I thought like it was it, good. I thought it was yeah. good. I, think, I enjoyed what we got. We didn't really move forward, but I do enjoy what we got. Yeah. I well, don't think they intended the, us to move forward. I think they wanted to give us a breather and let us kind of go a little deeper into a couple of the characters. Yeah, like none of our pre-existing stories really moved forward too much, but we got new intel, which mm-hmm. can mean a lot for the future of the show. Um, let's go ahead and talk about Quinlan, Dutch, and Fett, or Quinlan, Dutch, and uh, Ephraim, Mm -hmm. and their quest to find the box. (laughs) And apparently Ephraim has to make the move first to find that box. I think Quinlan found his box. See how he was getting rapey with uh, Dutch when he looked at her? He was like, (laughs) yeah, baby. (laughs) It was a normal, it was like a normal, like, up and down, like, we expecting Quinlan to like whip out a plate of pineapple. <laughs> Would you eat this for me, please? God, he just saw he just saw what she was. You know, he's like, you know, I see Dutch got a little something. something. You picking up what I'm throwing down, Kimosabi? <laughs> uh, so Ephraim uh, introduces Dutch to Quinlan, who we kind of forgot that she hasn't met him yet, and it's yeah. like kind of an awkward mm-hmm. meeting. It's like, oh yeah, I forgot that. And they decide he's like completely unimpressed with what they're doing. They're like, yeah, we're trying to figure out these signals. Great. Okay, because yeah, he's he's all about like just chop his head off. So he's like, science. Psh, I don't care about that. This is chop his head off. Yeah, <laughs> it's like 
Yeah, so I I want to find the master. I don't want to deal with radio waves. I'm not trying yeah. to make some new wave music. I'm not yeah, the I'm not the that. Skrillex of Sergoy. <laughs> Skrillex soy. And then maybe you can that have the like hipsters of Sergoy, which Fett already <laughs> saw, and they could be his fans. There you go, See? hipsters of Sergoy. That's a great name for a band. What I liked in that scene is that they reminded us that Quinlan is Sergoy because it's kind of easy to forget because he's so human. But then you know they reminded us in this episode. Oh yeah, he's one of them. Yeah, so let's talk about that. They go out in a taxi cab, mm-hmm. and the guards, of course, they're being blocked from this unsafe zone by two inept guards. But one's <laughs> one's uh. Funny because we're watching it, and uh, Stacy, we had just seen the introduction of the new guy with Eldridge Palmer. Yeah. And Stacy's like, another scene with a brother. <laughs> He's like, one more. One yeah, because he didn't, Eldridge hasn't had a head of security for a while. Since the like, last black dude. Yeah, which was like in season one. He left, like him and his brother left. So now he finally has a head of security again. He has a little force, you know. He can he can stop people from just barging into his his humble abode. There you go. So they leave, and they are going out of the safe zone. And this scene was just kind of like showing the humanity of Dutch, but then showing just it's kind of just an excuse to make Quinlan badass. I, I think that's really what this scene yeah. was. Mm-hmm. It was let's show that how far humanity's fallen, and also let's make Quinlan look badass. Yeah. So they get out of the car, Dutch wants to save the kid, yep. and then they take the guy hostage too, and <laughs> then Quillen is just like, I'm sick of your bullcrap, I'm just going to stab my sword through this guy, yeah, and like, chop like, this guy in half, slice, slice. <laughs> and then like shoot the other guy, F shoots a guy, Dutch shoots a guy. The score is still 2-1-1, to one to one, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it was kind of cool that we got to see something outside of the safe zone, because we've always been talking about, like, shouldn't things be worse? And now... We see that things yeah. are worse. There's just the little, We're just in a blocked-off yeah, area. Yeah, the little, who knows, like 10, 20 blocks or whatever they've saved or whatever, that's the place where they're riding around and having a good time. And, you know, <laughs> everyone outside of the safe zone is, uh, they're screwed. Outside the safe zone. <laughs> <laughs> they cannot do the safety dance. They cannot do the safety dance. So... It was really weird how he just kind of, like, licked the blood off his sword with a stinger. Because the sword is made of silver, so obviously it hurts. And I don't really go around, like, putting my tongue on things that'll hurt. It was like, yeah. The thirst was more powerful than the pain. He's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but, like, even if I spill honey or something on a hot pan, I'm not going to be like, I'm going to lick this hot pan. Like, oh, yeah. It depends on how much you like honey. Well, Dutch was around, too. So maybe after he looked her up and down, then he was like, yeah, girl. <laughs> Yeah, he was like he was like looking at it like, look mm, what I got. Let me show you how to lick silver. <laughs> That's how I got this. <laughs> but what I liked about that scene is that it reminded you he is Trigoy because I yeah because you forget. Well, you don't know how his tentacle is going to come out mm. because yeah. you're like his face doesn't open up and he but doesn't have just, the weird neck. Either. Yeah, so it just yeah. comes out of his <laughs> the weird neck comes out of his mouth and he's like pineapple. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was really interesting. They go to the airport. Their plan is to go to the airport. And find the black box for the flight because it has an isolated signal of the master speaking because mm. it put everyone on the plane to sleep. Yeah. And then he went around and just put a stinger in it. Yeah. He kind of had like a little bit of a slutty night. Um, <laughs> he goes there and they go to the airport. And the first thing that struck me as odd is if I'm in New York, whether I'm a pilot or not, the first place I'm going when like people are trying to quarantine the city is the airport. I'm going yeah, to. See if you can get out. You know. Right? I'm going to get on a plane. Try to get it working, get on the runway and get out of there. <laughs> or at least go to one of the ports and try to, you know, like, go down south. Like, you know, or even up north. You go to Boston. I mean, I know New Yorkers don't 
really love Boston too much, <laughs> but, you know, desperate times. They're like, you know, I know that I don't know how to do a New York accent, so <laughs> forgive me. You know, I don't like, I don't like those, uh, I don't like those Boston people, so I'm going to stick here with the Strigoi. <laughs> you know, I see, I see stingers and I see people just killing other people, but, you know, I still think it's better than Boston. It's like, hey, it's better than Boston. New York's e. strong. <laughs> I think I'm doing a Boston accent, really, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a Boston guy talking crap about Boston. <laughs> when I was a young lad, I avoided Boston like a play. Um, so... I just thought it weird that the airport wasn't as ransacked because you see all these yeah. people are traveling. There's so many restaurants and things in the airport. Like you'd think that would be people where people would ransack first to get food, to get or, supplies, or maybe for like shelter. Because like after everything kind of, I guess, slowed down. You know, nobody's at the airport. At least you think nobody's there, and they've got tons of restaurants. So at least you got a little bit of food for a while. I mean, it might just be Cinnabon and Starbucks, but I mean, hey. <laughs> I've lived on worse. (laughs) We've lived on worse. Trust us. Coffee again. Starving, starving artists in LA. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they go there. They finally they they find the spot where they keep the black box. They're hoping that they hadn't sent it off to DC yet. And Dutch, or not Dutch, but Ephraim finds oh alcohol. Yeah. You know, he was way too happy about miniature, that. <laughs> miniature liquors. We're in an airport surrounded by things that could kill us. I need a drink. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't know how they can shoot so well, like after being wasted all the time. But they are wasted all the time, well, so maybe they're functioning they're, yeah, alcoholics. They're like, yeah, they're like in perpetual drunkenness. It's like I all, guess. The, all the master has to do is like put them in a room for 12 hours and not let them get hair of the dog, and they'll just have a hangover to death. Wow. Like that hangover they're freaking staving off has got to be a freaking killer. Yeah, it's going to be bad. Adam, we're not making fun of Boston. Adam Fink in the chat says, hey, I'm from Boston, damn it. Half the staff, not even half, 75% of the staff that work at AfterBuzz TV are from Boston. Oh. It's not even kidding. Like Maria's from Boston, <laughs> then, Kevin's from Boston, Phil's put, from Boston. He put damn it too. Like, <laughs> right? That was like his exclamation point, like, from Boston, damn it! <laughs> it's it's not like you got Wal- Mark Wahlberg going into the airport. Oh, hello, Stragoy. Yeah, say hello hey, to your mother for hey. me. How's that going for you? Baby girl. Oh, it's, it's good. It's good, baby girl. It's good. I'm gonna be in a movie called Great Wall of China. You should go see it. Go see it before New York's underwater. Oh, you gotta man. go see it. Hurricane Matthew. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what I'm saying They're anymore. Happening. Have you seen it? The trees. The trees are killing me. The plants are coming after us. Yeah. That's what the Stragoy from. Um, so they find the black box hidden behind a, a cabinet that has a code underneath the keyboard because yeah. the kind of guy who keeps alcohol would keep the code somewhere because he's it's forgetful. too easy. Yeah. And I even said, I was like, this is too easy. And then cue Stragoy. Yeah, it was like <laughs> playing a game where you have a fetch quest and as soon as you pick up the objective, like you start hearing sounds and all the things are coming to attack you and you're like, oh, well, good thing I have a cheat code called Quinlan that can just yeah. kill everything and Quinlan's take away. just standing there like, I'm too cool for this. Pow, pow, pow. And that's it. Yeah, it's there in their office. Sometime he sneaks away and then just goes out there and goes Neo style and just kills them all. Yeah, it's it's good to have Quinlan on our side. I'll say that. It's right. very good. So that's kind of where we leave off with Quinlan, F, and Dutch. Yeah, that's pretty much the end of their... Used to be I F guess. and Nora, now it's F and Dutch. Poor Nora. We do get that quick line where, he, where Dutch says... Uh, where Ephraim's kind of um, reminiscing on how he could have stopped all of this before it started if he yeah. had listened to Satrakian. And uh, Dutch says, well, why don't you talk to him now and work together? And he says, it's too late. He doesn't want to have anything to do with me. And Dutch says, 
well, Ephraim, you have to be the one to make the first move sometimes. And Michael is just like, is she talking about herself or is she talking about the <laughs> yeah. track again? Because like, I feel like Dutch is kind of letting F know you can get it on a sneak tip, but I'm not going to throw it at you. Like sneak you tip. Can, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what? Like on the low, he can have it, but like she's not going to advertise it. Like he has the, you know, she wants to, you know. I'm just a subtle to... thought. <laughs> yeah. I'm like a thought from your subconscious. <laughs> just a subtle thought. <laughs> well, but the weird thing is, she's jealous of Fett, so she. Yeah. I don't know if her going with Ephraim is going to make Fett jealous, but like at the same time, somebody commented on a YouTube video last week. She dumped Fett to get back mm-hmm. with her old lover. True. Who totally like just ditched her, <laughs> just like she ditched her earlier. Yeah. Because her, uh, it's like her, I don't feel bad for her. Her girlfriend's mom was like not having it. So, just for the record, obsolete mole in the chat says, "Did anyone miss Zach this episode?" And everyone else said, "No, hell no, <laughs> no, no." Didn't just kidding. Notice. Hope he no. dies. Obsolete mole didn't even says. notice he wasn't there this week. <laughs> I think the next time we'll see him will be like when he's getting kind of like seduced by the master. Not that seduction, but like he's the already dark got side his pet. Seduction. He doesn't need that yeah. kind of seduction. <laughs> uh, man, but yeah, kind of like I guess kind of, like, coaxed into, like, don't you want to be the leader or something? Like, I'm figuring they'll say something like that. It's like Ephraim is the dad saying, drugs are bad, and the master's like, hey, Zach. They're great. <laughs> you want to come smoke a joint with me? Everybody's doing it. See, look, your mom's even doing it. <laughs> She's like, yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> Zach, you're not cool enough to smoke. <laughs> Smoking is bad, guys. Unless it's good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Now that we're past that. Uh, yeah. So, moving on. Let's go to Fett's track in. <gasps> oh, Fett. I want to break, break up this storyline a little bit. Let's just talk about present time, and then mm-hmm. let's talk about yeah. Fett's cookies, milk and cookies with the track in moment. <laughs> um, so, they're basically on another fetch quest. Everyone's on fetch quests this episode. Mm, yeah. Uh, they gotta find the silver. They need to find silver enough to, to line the casket so they can build a box so that we can have a movie where the guy says, what's in the box? And then it's the master <laughs> and he pops out. Um, so he goes to this pawnbroker that he had bid against before in the past who was always had a thing about silver. They go to his pawn shop, but Fett decides to stop at his parents' apartment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're like, this is going to be sad before it even... I, yeah, before I even they know. even go there, it's like, it's, nothing good can come from this. Yeah. So, Fett goes to the apartment. I love how the neighbor comes out and... Stabs just like eye. so, But it's like, Fett has such thick plot armor. Like, sh- the thing gets its stinger all the way out, almost hits him, and Satrakian's like, barely even moving, like... Yeah, right? <laughs> and like, precise, right now. Yeah, because like, he, he, he even held the pose, like... Yeah, like, he, I imagine in his mind he was just ringing the doorbell, like, <laughs> worms like, flying everywhere, and you're like, oh, damn. He's like, oh, this one's easy to kill. So Fett goes into his apartment, isn't finding his parents, and as soon as he opens the door, I'm like, they killed themselves. And Oh, that was the first thing you thought? That's the first thing I said. Mm-hmm. I said it out loud. I was like, oh, the, his parents killed themselves. And then it pans around, and the parents are on the bed, and mm-hmm. they're still human-looking but dead. And I'm like, oh, yeah, they killed themselves. But then it is found out that they were actually stung. So Trakian yeah. says mm-hmm. that it was not a coward's way out. It was a mercy. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's kind a, of... A soldier's death. Yeah, they, yeah. Interesting thing. Then they go to the pawn shop. They open up the safe with some dynamite because you know what? Fett has just become the guy from Atlantis, the Disney movie, <laughs> and... Goes boom with everything. But the funniest part about the dynamite scene was like Satrakian's like old man shuffle. Like, like he was like, he's like, all right, I lit the fuse, let's go. And Satrakian's like, ah, 
He's like, ah. and then cut to they're up they're upstairs and the thing hasn't even gone off yet. Ah, I was like, Mitch, I can I set the fuse for five seconds. Let's go. Ah. Ah. Won't you give me a moment for for silly? Stairs are a bit of a trouble piece for me. Ah. And then they cut, and they're all the way upstairs. I'm like, man, maybe he saved up his energy for the steps. You know, and then, like, when he hit the steps, he hit him like a pro, you know, all the way up. And then when he got up the stairs, he was like, ah. Oh, welcome oh. to McNabney's pawn shop where I've got a safe in the bathroom. It's very easy to bust open with some dynamite. I was just imagining they bust the safe open, and they go down there, and they re- realize it, like, blew off both of McNabney's arms or something. He was oh, hiding man. in the safe. And he's like, like, I've got oh. no arms to track in. He's like, oh, that's where they put this guy. Right? I don't know. I so thought they were going to be Strigoi inside. It was, it was like 50-50, either McNamney or Strigoi, but nope, just silver. Yep. A nice, easy milk run. Right? Yeah. Seriously. It was easy except for the emotional feels. I mean, yeah. finding your parents dead is not, not a good, not a fun thing for anyone to experience mm-hmm. unless you're like somebody who hates their parents, which shouldn't be a thing. But <laughs> luckily, now that we know they're finally passed, Fett can become Batman like we've always wanted. Yes. <laughs> He's like the evolved Pokemon form of Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh, man. <laughs> That's cold. It goes Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, who's in between him and Fett, you think? Hmm. Man, that's... Who would be between... John Ham, maybe John Ham. Yeah, <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt, John Ham, Fett. There you go. <laughs> and this is my final form. If you guys want to Photoshop us some Pokemon cards that have that, <laughs> I would not say no to it. Uh, so let's talk about this backstory before we get into the present time. Fett talking about it. We see uh, somebody named Fistrovsky mm-hmm. in a trench in World War II, and they're fighting, and he's with this other guy. And they, like, make a pact that they get, say, you and me for everything else. Like, me and you before everything else. For this war, whatever, we're going to make it homo. La familia. Mm -hmm. So they make a pact, and then they get turned into prisoners of war. So most... I think a lot of people don't realize that it wasn't only Jewish people who ended up in concentration camps during World War II. It was Jewish people. It was black people. It was people who were mentally unstable. It was yeah. people who were insane. It was people who had Down syndrome. It was people who um, just honestly, there were people who were missing limbs. There were people who just were not at the immaculate structure of yeah. the Aryan race. Um, so these concentration camps were kind of a microcosm of all of what Hitler perceived as the negative side of German culture. So prisoners of war were also sent to these camps. And I think they were, of course, white Christians, so they were probably treated better, and that's why they were given these options. And I'm yeah. I'm not even... Sort of options, but yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not doubtful that there are people who they offered things like this to. I mean, it's a very common warfare thing to take prisoners of war and force them to fight on your side and that's what I thought was going to happen and Mm -hmm. they really went darker with it so they they asked for volunteers offering better conditions uh, better food better better shelter and Fett's friend is like at wit's end his hands are all bleeding from setting up barbed wire and all sorts of things so they take it and he cleans up nice though yeah right before having to be given a gun to murder 
murder the people in the concentration yeah. camps. Mm-hmm. And, and they're like old, weaker people. Mm-hmm. I mean, not saying that like well people are like better to kill, but I mean, I, I don't know. I guess I don't know where I'm going with that statement. But you know what I mean? It's like I mean, people it, who it, the guy looked old and sad. They and, weren't like, useful. It was just like, they weren't useful to their cause well, yeah. anymore. They could, they couldn't work anymore. I guess they were just wasting, you know, their food or whatever in their minds. So I mean, yeah. do this away is. With them. This is a very common ethical story plot device to use in yeah. a World War II thing. It's is it better to survive through killing people who would already die regardless, or yeah. is it better to keep your humanity and die with them? That's that's it's it's a very ethical writing device that happens in a lot of in yeah. a lot of TV shows. And Satrakian says it. He says there are people who will who their everything they do is to survive. No matter what the cost, and there are people who hold their ethics to a higher value than their survival. So you know, there's something to be said for what Fett did or what his grandfather did. Yeah. But at the same time, like when you're, you can't really say that you would make a different decision until you're in that position, mm-hmm. which hopefully nobody listening to this podcast will ever be. Yeah, hopefully, you'll never be in a you know position. But when the choice is between dying with ten people and killing those ten people and surviving. Either choice leaves the ten people dead, mm-hmm. and you either alive or dead. So, what's the yeah. decision you make? So, we're not going to get into that here because we're not on a moral dilemma, and we're not yeah. really doing our own <laughs> cookies with Satrakian. But that's kind of the situation they're put in. But then, Eichhorst, which what did you guys think of the decision to bring Eichhorst into Grandpa Fett's life the way they did? Uh, well, I, I, it makes a nice little through line. You know, it makes you see that this is a generational problem that's been building up to this point in our current time. Um, I, I kind of like the through line. I mean, it seemed too, too convenient, but I uh, liked it. Yeah, I liked it, but then at the same time, I feel that it made the world or the, like, the, I guess, the lore of the strain smaller. Because it's like, oh, I, of course, was involved with everything that the Nazis did. And it's kind of like, come on, man. But at the same time, it didn't, it didn't kill it for me. I was just like, oh, okay, all right. So he was kind of like the, I guess, one of the top commanders or whatever. I don't know anything about the military guy, sorry. But he was like the the commander general guy that was, I guess, overseeing just like everything bad. So he was over Satrakian stuff, over Fett's grandfather stuff, and just, dude, he needs to go down. Mm-hmm. He needs to go down bad mm-hmm. in this show. Hopefully next season we'll see that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's it was an interesting decision to tie those together, and it, it's a really big foreshadowing that Fett's going to be the one to take down uh, Eichhorst. Mm. Um, mm, I don't know I that. Like, that. I don't know. I don't know spoilers or anything like that. I haven't read the books, but yeah. that's what I would assume is that this is kind of setting up for uh, a scene between Eichhorst and Fett, and Eichhorst giving a speech about how he resembles someone he once knew. Even though they look nothing alike. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I think that, I mean, they're they're kind of paving the way for future stuff here, which I like, but at the same time it is kind of weird. Unless you're to say it's the same concentration camp that Abraham was kept at. Um, yeah, which, that's way a, too small a world, at least in my opinion, for this show. But. Not really. Um, and my argument that the writers would probably have the same argument is the date was 1941, and they were setting up the camps. They were putting up the fences. Yeah, and they and it were was, building. It wasn't so much the point of complete mass eradication at that point. I think it was just the beginning steps. I mean, World War II ended in 1945. 
1945 or 1944? Five, I think. It was because I know. Wow, I sound like such a terrible person. <laughs> but jump in the comments, you guys will. I'm sure they already. Because the <laughs> yeah, it is 1945. I thought I knew it was September 19, 1944 or five. So 1945 is when it ended. So this is four years before then. There's a lot that happens in those four years. So yeah. it could make a little sense. It could make sense that Satrakian actually knew his grandfather in a way. I think that would make it a little too small. Yeah. But you never know. They might go that route. And that might be why Satrakian is looking out for Fett. Because he seems so distant mm. from humanly problems with everyone else except for Fett. Yeah, he's mm. kind of taken him on as like a surrogate during this series. And it was nice to see like the hand on the shoulder mm-hmm. like, you're going to be okay. And it's rarely, <laughs> it's rare to see that kind of emotion from Satrakian. Yeah. Because he really doesn't care about anything but the book and killing the master Yeah, <laughs> as far as anyone else is concerned. It is something they can relate on, though. And mm-hmm. they, they use the term collaborator, a Holocaust collaborator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where we get the, the title of the episode. People who were not necessarily behind the events, but contributed for their own safety are still yeah. considered collaborators. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's just like Germans after the war... A good 40, 50% of Germans did not know about the concentration camps. And when they saw them, it's like they can, they can try to remain distant so, to a point, but at the same time, like, their army was doing this. Mm-hmm. You yeah. are soldiers fighting for a government which is doing this. So you, you may say that you're uninvolved, but you are completely involved. Um, so moving on. It's really sad when he just shoots his friend. Mm. Yeah. But then we see we see Iker Iker straight behind him and he blinks sideways. So we know that yeah. at 1941 at least he's already under the master. Yeah, cuz we ran that back and you know watched it again and he blinked normal and then he blinked sideways and I was like, "Oh, okay. So that means that he had already met the master, but I'll have to go back cuz I remember they showed the flashback of when he first met the master. Mm-hmm. Season Wait, one or what whatever. year was that? that he first uh, I can't master. remember. That's why I have to like run back and like, like watch during that the Roman see. Empire. When, when was it? <laughs> well, we know that Satrakian built the coffin for him over the course of several months in nineteen, mm-hmm. I think nineteen forty four, because at the end of it, at the end of Satrakian's flashbacks is when the concentration camps are taken by Allied forces yeah. and Icarus goes. So this is towards the end of nineteen forty four. So. Sometime between 1941 and 1944 is when Strachan ended up at that camp. And mm-hmm. before then, Icarus was already contemplating with the Master. Mm. Yeah. So, um, uh, Adam Fink says he's like the father Fett never had and Fett's the son Aww. he never had. True. Which, you know, is true. And yeah. I really liked how they tied Fett's history together with, okay, he was a collaborator, but because he was somebody who was exterminating Jews under Nazi hand, yeah. he was an exterminator himself, so it ties in why his father was so unapproving of him being an exterminator in this life. Because yeah. it was the unspoken shame of their family that their grandfather was an exterminator in the Holocaust. So much as changing their name. Ah, uh, yeah, mm. yeah. That's one of the things that people do as a as like a thing to denounce their ancestry is changing their name. So Kind of cool. I mean, I, I like the backstory. Yeah, it's an emotional backstory. Yeah, it was good. Like, we didn't really, like I said, you know, in this case, with them, we didn't really move 
too far forward, but I enjoyed what we got. Yeah. With yeah, their, with their uh, interaction and everything, so and that was cool. David Bradley and Kevin Durant did a phenomenal job in the scenes. Yeah, so oh, yeah, yeah. I was, I was all in. Why is somebody saying "Scream Queen" season two? Get out of the chat room, God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Even though they, even though they do make me laugh, but this is the stream, which doesn't make you laugh. Nah, it does make me laugh. Uh, Scream Queens. All right. So, what do you guys want to talk about next? I think there's only really one major <laughs> thing left to talk about. What what are you life alert? <laughs> Guys, I was you gonna, suffer. I was gonna say the same thing, but <laughs> do you suffer you from a debilitating alert. illness and need some help? Are you oh, sick of those high cost medical bills? Guys, we support our sponsors here at AfterBuzz TV, and one of our sponsors is Jars of Little White Goo. Well, uh, you <laughs> can take home your jar of Little White Goo by calling one eight hundred Satrakian and telling him what's on the boat. Yeah, yeah. And if you call 1-800-Satrakian and tell him what's on the boat, he will give you your own jar of homemade Satrakian goo. And, That's right. One vial. Just a little vial. <laughs> Dial right now and get two for the price of one. What happens if you just use it as like under-eye moisturizer? And if you tell us who the master is in right now, we'll tell you the secret formula. <laughs> That's nasty. Oh, just imagine man. that, like, Satrakian runs infomercials <laughs> during the apocalypse. <laughs> that voice is so inviting to calls, too. <laughs> Call 1 800 7402 That's what it would be. 1 800 People be like, yeah, I'll call that right now. Yeah. Do not call. Two, four, six, oh, one. That takes you to our French phone lines during the revolution. <laughs> You'll talk to Javert. Wait, why but, does he have the white vial just on him like that? Well, I guess he had, he, I guess he figured I'll bring it just in case he, you know, kind of produces results. Mm. If not, I'll use it to kind of like taunt him a little bit to make him work harder. Where, where's the white stuff coming from? Like, where does he keep it Billy in the fridge? Billy here with another fantastic <laughs> white goo. To keep it in the fridge? I mean, well, where does uh, he keep it? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess you have to refrigerate it. I don't know. I don't, but, well, but, apparently, according to South Park, you have to close your eyes and suck it out of a tube. Oh, man. <laughs> so cold. But the, the whole episode, Eldritch was looking, Eldritch was looking bad this whole Yeah, episode. he did like, a great he job. Needed, he, needed he needed that, that goo. He needed that white stuff in his eyes. <laughs> he needed that. I can see it in your eyes. But you guys, you guys were like saying, "Well, what if he's faking it?" Like you guys were saying while we were watching. Well, yeah, it. Yeah. well we were making a really crude joke. Like, what if it's not actually the? <laughs> what if it's not the? Uh, what, what if, if it's just not like the okay, white? But if it's just my name's Abraham Pajakian and this is Jackass. All right, guys. <laughs> um, but like, what if it was poison or what if something? But just seeing that we, he, he finally says, "Okay, so there was a shipment from Egypt." And they took it out. I don't know what it was. Mm-mm. And then he takes the vial home, and he's like Gollum with that thing. He's like, get me home. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it makes the nurse put it in his eyes. like, I'm not going to give you anything that I don't know what it is. You're going to do it. <laughs> because I'm telling you to do it. This is my rich white man voice. <laughs> if I fall out of my wheelchair, don't I'm worry. going to bleed through my eyes. 
And when he got up with the with the I guess the power of Grayskull in his eyes, <laughs> he was like, Ah, yes. So I liked, how, I liked <laughs> how nothing happened immediately though. He's right? like, Oh, he tricked me. He tricked <laughs> it's me. It's just like he tricked me. He tricked me. He told you it's gonna be traumatic. It's like, look, it's gonna be a little bit. He more said than you better take. lay down when you do this, didn't he? Yeah. He said you better lay down and he does it in his chair. <laughs> I think the scene was the hardest for me to watch because if anyone has watched the movie Don't Breathe in Theaters. Yeah. It's very difficult to watch the scene where she drips it into his eyes. I'm not going to say anything else, but it really is just difficult to watch. Um, Don't Breathe was crazy. Yeah. So, obviously, it worked. Yes. Um... So now I'm, I'm very excited to see now. Because, see, I, of course, been talking all that mess. But, I, of course, I, of course, missing a hand. So, you know what I'm saying? He, you know, he's one hand down. You know what I'm saying? So, but he didn't lose his important hand. But, 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 but you know, Eldridge already had a little, you know, it's like, hey, what happened with your hand? Uh-huh. You know, so, and he was could, weak could when you, he said that. Could you please give me a hand, <laughs> I cost? Oh, you only have one to give. So now, hopefully we can see a little, you know, a little swagger from Eldridge, a little, you know, a little stone heart swag, and, you know, maybe he I can, think he's going to come back with some major swag. He's going to yeah. be like, I don't and need that And he's going to have his, his little, you know, like, security minions. Oh, it's... it's I want Icarus to have a hook. <laughs> like, I want him to come back and have, like, straight up a hook. <laughs> he can have the Aquaman hook. He can be, like, kind of, like, long and, like, serrated. So, I mean, you know, I can wear, go. He'll wear. be, like, Roadhog from Overwatch. <laughs> <laughs> Gaming references. That's what we do here. And when I, we whisper into the mic. Um, so yeah, he gets up. The nurse is like, I quit! <laughs> she, she ran faster than I expected her to. Yeah. Right? I, I think he's going to replace her with a young, hot nurse now. Because he's got, right. he's got the oh, power yeah, that, now. The Coco 2. You know? <laughs> Coco 2.0. That's right. Hot chocolate. <laughs> Coco 2. We'll just call her Coco 2. <laughs> All right, the next nurse for Iker, for uh, Eldritch is going to be called Coco 2 forevermore on this yeah. podcast. And it's going to be a guy, I bet you. <laughs> I like the back and forth between Icarus and Eldritch, though, because it's, yeah. it's kind of like, well, obviously I'm still needed because you yeah. haven't been able to kill me yet. Enchanté. Yeah. <laughs> and even with all that taunting, notice, uh, like, Icarus didn't even kind of, like, he didn't even clutch him with his nub. Yeah, he didn't like give him a backhand or anything. He just, <laughs> a back nub. Yeah, a back nub. He just he just sat there and kind of like I guess took it. So he must be protected in some kind of way, even though they are forging his signature and everything. Like kids that get bad grades on report cards. But I mean, still, I mean, hey, you know, got to do what you got to do when you want to get boats. I'm <laughs> first to get the money. <laughs> <laughs> then you get the boats, and then the car goes empty. <laughs> He's like, I want, this is my boat, I want to go upstairs. The captain said you can't go. Where's the captain? He's not here. <laughs> it's like, perfect. Right. Like, Where's the captain? I own the boat, yeah, and I'm firing you. That's kind of weird to me. It's like, this is his boat. Let him on his boat. Why You're he on fired, his boat? good sir. Yeah, see, it's, you know, it's it's tough, man, the... The captain wasn't there, and he, you know, he only took orders from the captain. And I, I got, I got a joke for you guys. See if you can get it. I doubt I will. <laughs> How did the boat get from Egypt to the harbor so quickly? Uh, Breakneck speed. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, this is so bad. It's it's it's, like, it's perfect. Everyone was on the boat. They all had broken necks. Ah, is it is it me or is it just late? Ludicrous speed. Ludicrous speed, right? <laughs> and like the boat hit like it, it was on the water and it just hit up like this and just like Andy <laughs> Samberg's like I'm on a boat. Oh man, damn. That's, okay, hmm. so. Guesses as to what I mean. We saw the previews from the next uh, episode. Are we? Did we cover everything sufficiently? I think we did. Yeah, that we locked everything down. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot going on in this episode. And we yeah. didn't. Un, unfortunately, we didn't get to see the mayor. I really want to see her come back strong. I want to see her come. Please back Please stop strong. making her so emotional. Yeah, but I want to see she her like no hardcore. She had no place in this episode. Yeah, but yeah. I, want, I want to see her come back strong. I want to. You know, I want to see her kill Zach. Wow. <laughs> Make it happen. Um, let's go into predictions. And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. So one of the big story points they've written into this season that's kind of subtle, but they're kind of going more in that direction, is the fact that the first Ancient was killed, quote-unquote, shoved into a box and buried in Egypt. And now we're introduced two episodes ago to the guy with Eldritch Palmer, which is the new person that the Master's working with, or that Ikris is working with. We don't know if the Master's involved. I mean, I'm sure he is. Yeah. Uh, who's from Egypt. And then we have this, uh, what was the boat called? The Quantum? The Aurora. Uh, Quantum Aurora. Yeah, so, something like that. Uh, we have the boat coming from Egypt that has cargo from Egypt. So uh, in the previews we see Satrakian talking something about, like, there were other old world ancients that were over there, mm-hmm. in addition to the seven that were over here, and these ancients could be on that boat coming to the new world. I think that's throwing us for a loop. Uh, I think it's could a little be. too obvious. We show it shows Quinlan talking to the ancients in under New York, which you made a good point of. Like last time he left, he's like, "You're never going to see my face again." Oh, like, two episodes later. Hey guys, you're uh, seeing about, my face again. About what I said last time. <laughs> it's like that awkward thing when it's like, "Hey, sorry, I'll see you later, Stacy." And then like you walk the same way, and you're like, "I'm, I'm going this way oh, too." Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is awkward. <laughs> um, so yeah, what? <laughs> Let's play. What's in the box? I. I'm guessing there's just a worm inside the box. Like, I know they were talking about a coffin, but I'm wondering if the box is only about, like, this big and it's just, like, the worm in there by itself. <laughs> um, I, I don't know, because the only reason I'm guessing that is because I don't think that that pawn shop had enough silver to make a whole coffin, a lead size, I mean, a silver sized coffin. Mm-hmm. Unless you only have to, like, silver line it, I guess. Yeah, I thought but, that's all you had to do was, like, That's the silver line lining right uh, there. Ah, uh, silver lining. But... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. I'm, this is this is what I'm hoping or guessing that there's going to be kind of like an ancients versus ancients kind of thing going on in the background because there's three over here, so that means that there's four left, right? And we have one master, so there's three others. So it could be technically like four versus three, but hopefully the three ancients that we know get a little stronger because they're just kind of they don't look like they can even stand on their own. So yeah. hopefully they get some strength, or maybe some people. So, <laughs> I'm doing my most intimidating thing I can do right now. I look like the guy from, 
what was it, Will Forte on Saturday Night Live? Oh, man. <laughs> Let me tell you about the club. It's called the Stragoy. <laughs> Stefan. <You>, Stefan. Stefan. <laughs> Go into this club with the rousing nightlife of New York under the great water barriers of the sewers. Wow. They give you straws to suck out each other's necks. Wow. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, it's fantastic. Like, you guys, I'll let you guys Stephane. do with, like, the, the technical geeky like, yeah, predictions. Right? I like to stick with the relationships. Like, I'm all about the relationships on the show. So, I predict that F and Dutch are going to move in the direction that it looks like it's moving into. All right. Mm. A little bit of alcohol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A little mini bar. Yeah. He gonna buy her a drink. All right. Um, <laughs> I think that... It's going to be a mummified carcass. Mm, but okay. I think it's all three of them. I think all of the masters are brought over and they're mummified. Oh, okay. Really? Yes. Why wouldn't they be alive? I think we're going to get some... Um, was it Blade or Underworld? Whatever with the dried up things and they need blood to activate them. I think it was Underworld. Where yeah. they, like, they sleep for a long time and they have to put some blood yeah. on them. I think it's going to be like that and I think that's what the blood banks are going to be for. I don't think the blood banks are to are to feed the population of Strigoi so much as I think the uh, blood banks are going to be like, oh, look, we have to inundate these dried up, desiccated corpses yeah. with the red worm inside with at least a million people worth of blood or something to revive them. I think it's something like that. Yeah, because they've been deprived so long that they're like, you know, withered and kind of like beef jerky of Strigoi. Why oh, so delicious. Don't, don't they die? They don't <clears throat> die? They just dry up? What kind well, of strigoi I mean, is this? They're habanero? So, Sweet and habanero I mean, strigoi? <laughs> and they don't really need to eat food, so mm-hmm. I guess they would just go into like a hibernation thing? I don't know. But maybe I'm mixing lore from like Underworld and this, and I know that doesn't. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> that says doesn't the boat work. might have a new body, and I'm like, what? Is it like Fat Bastard? <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to give me a run. Uh, I think that's it, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we. I think we we, we covered sufficiently covered it. Yeah, we got the tears out. We got the you know the f and Dutch out. You know, we, milk and cookies was the track. Yeah, yeah milk and know. cookies. You know, it was a nice episode. I enjoyed. Nice. It. We didn't we didn't really go. You know, but we we got some substantial things. Sipping on gin with Jews. Um, <laughs> Let's wrap it up, guys. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux, S-T-B-H-E-N-L-E-M-I-E-U-X. Uh, I also do the South Park After Show here and Sleepy Hollow starting in 2017. Why? Uh, what else do I do, Mark? Um, right now? <laughs> <laughs> I ain't your biographer. I, I don't remember. I, I do another show. I can't remember. I want to do Channel Zero if anyone wants to do Channel Zero. Uh, but where can we find you on Twitter? You guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at the Stacy Newsom. That's S T A C E Y N E W S O M. And you can join me on Wednesday nights for the Blackish After Show. Oh yeah, Lucifer. I do Lucifer. Duh. Tomorrow oh, night. Cool. cool. Um, where can we find you, Michael? What's up, one youngster? O N E Y O U N G S T A. That's right. That's where you find me at. All right, guys. We will see you next week for another episode of the Strain After Show, where we're covering season three, episode eight, entitled "I Don't Know." We'll see you next week. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. You can dance if you want to. You can leave your friends behind. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.